Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. We're glad you've joined us today. Get ready for some kingdom conversation. Now here's your host, Lakeisha M. Johnson. I will stay here. You not me. I will stay here. I need you. Don't want to go. I will stay here until you change me. I need you. Don't come like a rushing wind. Come like never before. Good morning. Come like a rushing wind. I will stay here until you change me. Don't wanna go. I will stay here until you. Thank you, thank you. Good morning, good morning. I love you too. I will stay here until you. Good morning. I need you, don't wanna go. I will stay here until you change me. I need you, don't wanna go. Mm. Come like a rushing wind, come like never before. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. I will stay here until you change me. I will stay here until you change me. Need you, don't wanna go. I will stay here until you change me. Don't wanna go. I will stay here until you change me. I need you, don't wanna go. Come like a rushing wind. Thank you, thank you. We just take some time and praise God out your own mouth this morning. Just lift his name up, just exalt him. Like, 
keep your mind directly on him and think of all of the ways that he's been good to you and just bless his name father thank you 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 i'm so grateful you are so glorious thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You are a good, good father. You are a good, good father. You are a good, good father. Thank you, 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 thank you. Thank you, 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 thank you. I love you, Daddy. I love you. I love you. I love you. I need you. I need you. I love you. I need you. My God, I thank you. I thank you. I devote myself to you. I just bless your name today. I glorify you, Lord God. I glorify your name through all the earth. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for peace and thank you for protection and just thank you for being God. Thank you for being sovereign. Thank you for loving me in spite of all of the stupid stuff that I have done. I thank you. I thank you for centering me. I thank you. You are my gravity. I thank you for grace. I thank you for mercy. I thank you for love. I thank you for freedom. My God, I thank you for freedom in Christ Jesus. I thank you for freedom to serve you and freedom to worship you. And I thank you that I'm free from all my sins and free from all my mistakes. And I thank you, Father God. I thank you for how much you love me. I thank you. I'm chosen. I thank you. I'm adopted. I thank you. I'm favored. I thank you, Father God. I thank you. You love me. Thank you for your love, Daddy. Thank you for your love. I thank you, Lord God. I thank you for your grace. I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You are so just. You are so fair. You are so loving. You are so kind. And I just say thank you, Lord God. Thank you. 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 Thank you, Lord God. Thank you. I haven't been given over to a reprobate mind. I thank you, Lord God. I just center myself on you this morning. I'm you're just my everything, God. You're my everything. You've become my everything, Daddy. And I love you so much. I love you so much. I love you, Daddy. I love you, Daddy. I love you. I thank you. I bless you. I praise you. I magnify you, Daddy. I glorify you. I extol you. Hallelujah, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Holy, holy, holy. Holy is your name. Holy, 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 holy. Holy is your name. Holy is your name. Holy is your name. Holy is he, Lord God. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you, Lord God. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God. I lift up your name. I lift up your name. I lift up your name. You are glorious. You are magnificent. You are marvelous, Lord God. And I just say thank you, Lord. I 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 thank you, Lord. When I center my thoughts or when you make a decision to center your thoughts on God and you focus and you fall into a place of gratitude and of gratefulness, I promise you it'll shift your perspective. It'll shift your perspective. It'll call you into higher level thinking. It'll, it'll call you, call you into a place and you'll begin to ask yourself, what was I worried over anyway? It'll call you, call you into a place where you won't even talk to God anymore about the foolish things 
right? Because in his word, he says, I'll take the foolish things and confound the wise, but your foolishness will look different, Lord God. You'll be foolish for God. You won't be foolish for yourself. When you center yourself on God and just make a decision, you know what, Lord, I'm going to praise you. And somebody says, I don't know if I have a whole lot to be thankful about. I have this policy. I call it count it up. And if I start thinking that I can see out my eyes, if I start thinking, right, that I'm in my right mind, I'm in some of my mind, my God, if I start thinking that I can hear, Lord God, I can hear you. I thank you, Lord God, I can hear this gospel. If I start looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, all of my fingers and they are working it just begins to change my perspective, right? If I start thinking about my heart and the fact that I know my heart is beating, Lord God, and the fact that I know that my heart is not giving out on me, then I'm thankful if I look down at my toes and I start wiggling and I got feeling in my toes, then it just centers me in a place of grateful. And if I look at this material stuff that I figured out don't mean much anyway, but I'm closed, Lord God, because you said you would close me. And if I look over towards my refrigerator and I look and see that I have some food in there, then Lord, I thank you for providing food. And if I look at the shelter above my head, then I'm like, Lord God, I thank you, Father God, that I have some shelter, Lord God. And even if you're in a situation where um, maybe you're not living where you would like, or maybe you might be even listening to us and sleeping in your car, you got to thank him for the car. You got to thank him for the car. You got to thank him for gas in your car. And you just got to be grateful. You got to thank him for your children that are alive. You just got to position yourself and begin to thank him and bless his name and praise him. When you center yourself on praise, it just changes something for you. It, it makes you think I don't have a lot to be complaining about. If you are on your way to work, you should be grateful because there is someone right now petitioning God for a job. There's someone right now saying, Lord, I need income. I need income in my house. Somebody right now is positioning, petitioning God for a job. So instead of complaining about your job this morning, go on and praise him and thank you. You know what, Lord? I have a job. <laughs> Lord God, I thank you. I have a job. And if you will be real honest with yourself, you've done some things that probably you could have been fired. So Lord God, I thank you that they ain't even fired me. <laughs> they ain't even fired me. I was late. Even if you were only late one time, you had a right to be fired. Lord, thank you that they didn't even fire me, Lord God. If I've been in a position or a place where I haven't been as grateful, Father God, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I might not have all the money I desire. I might not have all the things, but I got something to be grateful for. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And then for me, if I center myself on Jesus, Cause see, I, I don't know, but I know that I was a sinner. I, I know that I am a sinner saved by grace. I know the things that I did that I shouldn't even be standing before you. I, I shouldn't even be provided this opportunity. And so if I think on Jesus, <laughs> if I think on Jesus, I become so grateful. If I think on what he did and the fact that he was bruised for my iniquities and he was chastised for my peace and that every sin and everything that I did was put on him, that everything I did that I was put on him, then it centers me in a position to be a little bit more grateful. Like it puts me in a position to be like, you know what, God, um, there are some things that I did that I know I should have been in trouble for. And you extended grace and you gave me some mercy when really what I 
did should have took me out of here. I remember my foolishness one time when I was driving very fast on the interstate and I was like about 21 or 22 and my car spent out and the, and the truck supernaturally passed through us. There is no way that that truck shouldn't have hit us. The, the truck supernaturally passed through us. I, I can't explain it, but our car was picked up and set down in the grass. So I know that the angels were around me and in my foolishness, in my foolishness, in my wrong, in us kicking and driving, partying and acting fool on the freeway. When my truck was spinning, when my car was spinning out and we were on the two lane highway. And I know for a fact, I know for a fact that this truck should have pummeled through us and killed every last one of us in the car, but we were set up and we were in the grass. So God, I thank you for that moment. See, I can pinpoint moments when I felt the grace of God, the hand of God, and I know for a fact, I know for a fact, he is my shield and he is my protector. He is my shield and he is my protector. I promise he is. This little girl right here hasn't always been saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. Absolutely not. So I thank him for every little bit of grace. I thank him for being clutch. I thank him for seeing past every last one of my faults and taking care of my needs. So just give him about 30 more seconds of praise. Lord God, I thank you. I thank you. For those of you that praise is strange, you will understand that in his words, it says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving, enter into his courts with praise. So if you're trying to increase your communication with God, I suggest that you praise him. I suggest that you praise him. Like it's rude to come before him and that you don't praise him. It's rude. Like when you pick up the telephone and just start talking, it's rude for you to call. Or you send a text and you don't say good morning or whatever else. It's rude when you come before him and you just start talking and you don't enter into his presence with the proper greeting and the proper greeting is praise. Thank you. 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 He is our father. He is our God. He is supreme ruler over everything. I thank you. I thank you. You are my beginning and my end. I thank you. You are my fresh start. I thank you, Lord God, for renewing me, Lord God. I thank you, Father God, for a steadfast spirit. I thank you for developing me, Lord God. I thank you even for my persecution and my chastisement because I know it was good for me, Lord God. I thank you for your faithfulness, Lord God. I thank you for your faithfulness. If you will shift your perspective, I promise God will begin to do some different things for you. You've been so busy focused on like, it's so easy. Let me say it this way for us to get focused on what we do not have or what's not going right or what hasn't manifested yet that we will get in a position of constantly, consistently complaining. And we won't even realize how much we're complaining and how much we're looking at our lack and how much we're looking at things around us that we do not have or don't haven't manifested yet. We'll get into a consistent process of that instead of being in a place of positioning ourselves in praise. The heavenings will lift off you. The burdens will lift off you. Um, you'll stop thinking in a lack mentality when you understand how important it is for you to praise God. So let's just wrap this up with a thank you. 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 My God, I thank you. 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 Thank you, Lord God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And I want to thank you for the Holy Spirit. 
Because of him, I'm not ignorant. <laughs> because I am not ignorant. Because of the Holy Spirit, I don't have to keep repeating the same mistakes. Because of the Holy Spirit, I get to grow into the things of God. Because of the Holy Spirit, I'm being developed into my supernatural self. Because of the Holy Spirit, I always have someone to comfort me. I always have someone to teach me. I always have someone to advocate for me. Because of the Holy Spirit, I'm not left ignorant. I'm not left alone. I'm not orphaned. And I'm not abandoned. So I thank you, Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, I just want to welcome you here today. I welcome you. I welcome you. I welcome you in our presence. I welcome you on this devotional. I thank you that you speak through me. I thank you, Father God, that you use me. I thank you, Father God, that this time we take with you, Lord God, that we use this time appropriately, Lord God, that we not be wasteful, Father God, in Jesus' name. We glorify you. We glorify you. We glorify you. We glorify you. In Jesus' name, we glorify you. We glorify you. Um, let me read Psalms 91 to those who live in the shelter of the most high. This is the new living translation version. You will find rest in the shadow of the almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is your refuge, your place of safety. He is your God and you trust him for he will rescue you from every trap, protect you from every deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors at night, nor the arrow that flies in day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the most high your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. Let me see something. Mm, this is Psalms 5. Um, this just came into my spirit. Psalms 5, it says, Oh Lord, hear me as I pray. Pay attention to my groaning. Listen to my cry of help. My King and my God, for I pray to no one but you. Listen to my voice in the morning, Lord. Each morning I bring my request to you and wait expectantly. Oh God, you take no pleasure in wickedness. You cannot tolerate the sins of the wicked. Therefore, the proud may not stand in your presence, for you hate all who do evil. You will destroy those who tell lies. The Lord detests murderers and deceivers. Because of your unfailing love, I can enter your house. I will worship at your temple with the deepest awe. Lead me in the right path, O Lord, or my enemies will conquer me. Make your way plain for me to follow. My enemies shall not speak a truthful word. Their deepest desire to destroy others. Their talk, talk is foul, like the stench from an open grave. Their tongues are filled with flattery. O God, declare them guilty. Let them be caught in their own traps. Drive them away because of their many sins. For they have rebelled against you. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them sing joyful praises forever. Spread your protection over them. That all who love your name may be filled with joy. 
For you bless the godly, O Lord. You surround them with your shield and love. My God. Can I tell you something? Um, If we go to the third verse, it says, listen to my voice in the morning, Lord. Each morning I bring my request to you and I wait expectantly. So make sure you're waiting expectantly on the Lord. Like each morning I'm waiting expectantly. When you keep your heart and open expectant and you feel with faith, your condition gives God something to work for. And just like when he turned the five loaves, right? He fed the five thousand with a couple fish and a five, five loaves of bread. My God, thank you, Holy Spirit. The Lord can do something for you expectantly and suddenly. So perhaps you've been believing God to do something for you all month long, but you haven't seen it yet. Well, January 31st, uh, 1159 hasn't hit here yet, right? It hasn't hit here, here yet. So remain expected, like remain in position and remain expected. Uh, remain expected. I want to, um, our apostle brought up something last night, but it was funny because God it wasn't funny. It was just reminding me because God had positioned my heart to begin to pray for the children in my neighborhood. And I pray and I plead the blood of Jesus. I live in an apartment and I plead the blood of Jesus over every apartment. Um, I take authority over their house because God hears my prayers. I, um, I plead the blood of Jesus and pray over everyone connected to this ministry, everyone on my ministry team. Like I sit myself in his face and talk to him about our children. So today I just want to stand in authority and agreement as a corporate whole over our children. Um, I thank you, Lord God, that our children are work, walking in sobriety that they are not entangled with darkness, Lord God, that you are giving them eyes to see and ears to hear. I thank you that they are walking in the liberty and the freedom that comes in Christ Jesus and that they are no longer entangled with darkness. I thank you, Father God, that our children are making decisions today, Lord God, to serve you with an open heart and that they will not believe or trust what man is saying. I thank you that there is a hedge of protection set around our children today and that no weapon formed against them shall prosper. Give them eyes to see, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, they will no longer be tangled with darkness, Lord God, that your light, Father God, your shining light, the love, Father God, in your light is open to them right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord God, you're putting a worker in their path, Lord God. I thank you, Father God, that because we've trained them up in the word, Lord God, that they're returning, Father God, to that which you set before them as king, as priests, as prophets, as teachers, as rulers, as leaders, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, that they are not being beguiled or tempted to do anything ungodly, Lord God. They are being saturated in your presence and saturated in your word, Lord God. You said be holy, Lord God. So I thank you for holy children today, Lord God. I thank you, Father God. They are coming out of darkness and into the marvelous light, Lord God. I thank you, Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God. Every satanic attack, ploy, demonic scheme, stronghold, portal that has been open to them, that those doors are shut right now and closed in the mighty name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus. You got to take authority sometime. Every prayer, oh, bless them. Um, keep them, Lord. Let them excel and do well in school. You got to take authority over the principalities and the spirits of darkness 
that constantly try. You got to close portals. You got to close doors. Some of, some of us opened up stuff to our children. We did. Some of us opened up portals. Some of us opened up doors. And we got to take authority of those principalities and cast them back to the pits of hell from which they came and stand steadfast and stuff. Stay, stand steadfast in the word that our prayers are being heard and the demonic activity and the warfare. But don't be ignorant to the fact that it's demonic activity and warfare. Don't don't be ignorant to that. It's something that's coming to trying to come against your child's greatness, their purpose. If the warfare is against us, the warfare is them against them, too. And we will be sitting around and we will not even take a step, take a stand and war for them in the spirit. We we get concerned and consumed. Well, they making good grades. Well, they making good grades, or they're doing well with their um, they're doing well in their athletics and all their activities. But there's a demonic entity that's been pressing into their spirit and their soul, trying to strip them of their future. It can come in the form of pornography. It can come in the form of um, homosexuality, it can come in the form of debauchery, lewdness, crudeness, right? Contentions, um, dissensions. And I don't know why when we pray Galatians 5 and 22, that we don't understand that it applies to our kids too. They operate and they fight against some of the same things we're fighting. And so we have to ask the Lord, open our eyes of our understanding to the hope and call of who we are in Christ Jesus so that we don't just accept things happening in our kids' lives because our marker points is good grades. If your kids got good grades, and your kids got um, uh, excelling well in sports, but they bullying and mean to kids at school. And because a lot of us are not checking behind the scenes to see what our kids are doing behind the scenes, or we have not checked behind the scenes to see what they're doing behind the scenes. Oh, no. Josiah and I talk a lot and a lot of things that he shares with me that some of his peers are doing are going. I'm like, their parents have no clue. <laughs> their parents have no clue that these things are going on. And so I take the responsibility to ask that the parents' eyes be open so that we can see and we can war properly for our kids. Your kids are under attack just like you are. Your kids are experiencing things just like you are. So ask yourself if you're a parent or even a grandparent, if you're a grandparent and you have grandchildren, you ask and pray as a parent, let my eyes be open to any demonic portal, any demonic activity, any soul tie, any relationship that they're in that they don't need to be involved in. Lord, open my eyes so that I can see it and let me assert myself. It is not good for us to take the position oh well they just you know they gotta they got growing pains or oh this is just the way it is or oh they just grew up in this environment all this other stuff no you need to take the authority over your kids if you're a teacher over your classroom don't settle with the fact that this is their parents your prayers can be heard your prayers can be answered Right. So ask the, the Lord to show you what may be coming against my kids so I can set up the fortress. I can set up the fortress. Ask him to show you if it's a spirit of fear, a spirit of doubt, a spirit of worry. Sometimes we won't even know what's coming up against our kids and they're acting out or they're operating because there's a principality or a demonic present. And we keep ignoring like they can't get attacked. Right. 
right? We keep using false measurements to weight the success and we don't even know something dark is encroaching them or we're not in their rooms or we're not in, I'm speaking like a children's and youth pastor now. Um, we're not in their rooms. We're not in their phones. We're not watching what they're watching on TV. We're not watching what devices they are. We're concerned about whether or not they like us. We're concerned about whether or not we're their friend. We're concerned about whether or not um, we need to get along. We're concerned about the wrong things. And then the enemy is coming for our children's soul. You got, you got kids in your house that are set to lead, to lead their generation to victory, right? You got kids in your house that are full of purpose and purpose has nothing to do with just being in school and going to get a degree, right? Purpose is greater than that, right? You got kids in your house. Some of y'all have kids in your house that need to be able to take your position in kingdom when you transition on. My God, they need to be able to take your, some of y'all are teachers and you brewing up a lineage of teachers. We are the tribe of Levites. We are the priesthood in my house, right? So when, when my, when I transition on the priesthood, the lineage should be coming after me. But when we don't understand demonic attacks and how the enemy comes for our kids, it'll destroy a generation under us because we've gotten too comfortable and we use measurements. We're using the wrong measurements for success. Wide is the path narrow. So if you've been that person, right? Yeah, that's a good word, passive. If you've been that person and you've been passive where your children is concerned, don't get in position. Open, open, ask the Lord to open your eyes. Pray Ephesians 15, 17, and 21. Ask your Lord, ask the Holy Spirit. Your prayers can be heard, but we settle for unrighteousness all the time. And then we're not teaching our kids. Remember in Deuteronomy, he said, teach your kids our ways. We're not teaching our kids the laws, the precepts, and helping them to understand that these portals and doors are just trying to open up things in their mind so that they can be seated in ungodliness. And so then they won't be effective. See, if they won't be outliers and stand out, they won't be effective amongst their peers. They won't be effective amongst their peers. They won't walk into the fullness of what they're supposed to walk into. So ask the Holy Spirit, don't let me, there is something I pray. Don't let me be deceived by my kids. <laughs> don't let me be focused on the things of this world, right? I don't, don't let me be focused up and think just because they got good grades and they excelling in sports that that's the encompass of who my child called to be. Don't, don't let me get so consumed by college and those things that I'm not focused on their soul, <laughs> that I'm not paying attention to whether or not they got ungodly phone ties, that I'm not in the phone, that I pay phone bill, that I'm not on their Snapchat, that I'm not on these different areas and things, right? And that I'm not, and if you're an adult parent, Pray that for your children. You don't have to go and say, you need to be more involved in your kids' lives, right? But you need to come back and pray and center and say, let my adult children model what needs to be before my grandchildren, right? Right? Let my adult children model what needs to be before my grandchildren. And if you weren't the best model, repent. Be transparent, repent, and go tell them, you know what? They tell your adult children, I wasn't the best model for you growing up. I wasn't a godly parent. I'm sorry. But my prayer is that you become the parent that I wasn't.
My prayer is that you become the parent I wasn't. And if your adult children have strayed or veered from the things that you taught them and you were a godly model, then you get in your secret place of the most high and begin to pray targets towards your family. That is your family. Those are your children. They are under your covering. You better take authority, but you, you don't sit around and let the enemy think you good grades and activities and all of that are a summary of if your child is doing well and spiritually they are caught up in something dark because we won't investigate ourselves and because we weight success by world success and not godly success. Godly success looks different. So ask for the, the, the Holy Spirit. Give me wisdom. Don't let me be ignorant. Don't let, I, I, used, I pray something all the time. Don't let me be in here and my kids, don't let my kids make a fool of me. Don't let my kids make me think they're okay and they're not. Heighten my sensitivity to what's going on with my kids. Heighten my sensitivity to what's going on with my grandkids. And that includes my adult children. Not so I can lord and rule over them, but so that I can get in position and pray so that I can begin to pray targets that will thwart the hand of the enemy. We'll talk about our kids. We'll pray against bullying in school, but some of our kids are the bullies. <laughs> some of our kids are the bullies and we're not even checking. We won't pause. We won't take off for a minute. We won't go have lunch with them. We won't intervene the schools and go see what's going on. We won't check in their friend groups. We won't check their friend bases. They could have a friend my son told me, one of his other friends told me the other day, oh, I have a friend that reads tea leaves. And I told him, I said, well, don't you get your tea leaves read. Don't, don't you get your tea leaves read. Don't, don't you do it, right? And so it's, so it's so much more to parenting than what we thought was successful. So ask the Holy Spirit, and I'm sure the word is already convicting, show me where I've been lacking in my parenting or lazy or allowing my kids to look sexy and according to this word standard, you got to check all that stuff because there are portals and they are doors, right? They are door portals and there are doors open that need to close so that they don't be under attack in demonic warfare and all this stuff going on with them. And we don't even know what's going on with them. And then they got a whole secret life. So, so let's, let's do that and then help them to understand the grace of God, the grace of God, the same grace of God that you need to understand is the same grace of God that we need to understand. I need to give you a little bit of something today. We're still in Ephesians two. We're just getting there. We're chewing this thing apart. And when God showed me this, this morning, I was like, God, we're still here. And he's, it's, and he said, we're going to be here. We're going to be here. We're going to talk about this until we get it. <laughs> we're going to talk about this until we get it. We're going to talk about this until we get it. Until we understand his grace. Because can I tell you something? Most of, most of us won't set authority in our child's life or set authority in the kids around us that God has given us to mentor. We won't set authority because we don't feel like we can. We don't feel like we can walk in the authority that we're supposed to walk in because we've done so much. Well, that's because we don't understand grace. We don't un understand reconciliation and we don't even know how to lead our kids back into re reconciliation because all we understand is lordship and dictatorship and talking trash and talking crazy to our kids. We don't understand how to facilitate. I didn't understand. I had to go back and apologize to my adult children for not being a better mother to them. And then I position myself now to be 
a godly mom to Josiah and Judah, right? I love kids. My God, I promise I do. I want to have another baby. But I love kids. I'm just telling you that. I love kids. Like, I love kids so much, right? And so because I love them so much, then I focus on how do I be a better godly example to them, right? How do I be a better godly example to them? So I want to show you something today about grace. I need to show you something a little bit more about grace because there are some things we really still do not understand about grace, right? And we were in Ephesians 5 and 7. I'm going to read a couple scriptures and then I'm just going to chew at grace for just a minute and then we're going to get out of here, right? It says, even when we're dead in trespasses, make us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. This is Ephesians 2, 5 and 7. And raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches. You know, when we say riches, abundance of his grace, right? He's going to show the exceeding riches and abundance of his grace and his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. So we were made alive together with Christ by grace. You've been saved and we've been called to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. When we sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that's the authority that we have in Christ Jesus. You have authority over your household. You have authority over any place your feet go. You have authority, right? So in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches, riches of his grace. Now, Ephesians 8 and 10 says, for by grace, you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is a gift. Can somebody say that it is a gift of God? And the word says here, it is a gift of God. It is not of works. If it, it, lest anyone should boast for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. <laughs> you are saved through grace for good works. You are saved through grace for good works. You are not saved so that you can boast in yourself about how holy you are and all that other stuff or how God called you into the ministry and how God did. No, you are saved for grace, right? For Christ Jesus, for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them, that we should walk in our purpose. But I need you to understand today for by grace, the grace, what grace is doing for you, right? And what grace does for you and how we actually operate because we won't receive grace by, by, we won't receive grace by faith. We don't understand grace, right? We don't understand God's grace. It's not something we can work towards. Then a lot of us stand on the outside of grace instead of standing in the flow of grace. We stand on the outside of grace instead of standing in the flow of grace. The flow of grace is the living water. <laughs> the flow of grace is the living water. And I'm going to give you scriptures to back this up. So let me show you something. This, this is what this looks like. I want to show you something. So there's a bowl to catch this underneath. <laughs> I don't want y'all to think I'm waking myself up. There's a bowl to catch this, right? This, lip, this water is a representation of grace. This water is a representation of the living water, the grace that is gifted to us on a continuous basis. When I was praying this morning, I just kept seeing a waterfall and me walking through a waterfall, right? Me walking through the waterfall. 
And so as I am walking through the waterfall, I am being saturated in God's grace. And so grace is equated to the living water. When we receive and understand God's grace is living water. But this is what most of us look like where grace is concerned. Because we don't understand it's by faith and it's shadow and it's outside of this is this is this is us, my hand. This is the living water, right? And that's how we stand right outside of grace, right? We might get like a little sprinkle or a little trickle or we feel the coolness of the water, but we're not getting the fullness of the living water that comes with grace, right? When when you understand that God's grace is received by faith, right? And that in his grace, right? This is a gift to you. This is what set set everything in motion for you, right? Then you stand under the water, right? You stand under the water and the water is living and the water is refreshing and the water is in a constant state of cleansing you. But most of us stand out right outside it. We go to church, we work, we think it's work towards, we think it's about all our service. We think it's all about that, but we won't even take this grace for our lives and we stand outside of grace and we never get fully cleansed and we never receive the fullness of who God is and we never walk in our righteousness because outside of the water you ain't you're not getting wet up you're not getting refreshed you your mind is not getting renewed you're just in activities inside the living water right you're getting wet you're getting refreshed you're getting washed. We've been talking about being washed. You're being renewed and you're, be, you're being restored. Well, to stand in the living water, we have to understand that this comes by faith. You All you got to do is make a step over. <laughs> all you got to do is make a step over. You got to make just a, make a, a step over, make a step over and say, you know what? I'm going to understand that this comes to me by faith. I'm going to understand that the living water comes from God. God grace is the living water that washes me, that wets me up, that restores me and that renews me on a consistent, constant basis. So even when I am not living according to standard or living according to God's promise for me, right? Grace is still wetting me up. The only way I'm not receiving God's grace is that I don't accept it as a gift. So let me give you scriptures about living water. John 4 and 14 said, but whosoever drinketh of this water, I shall give them, shall never thirst again. One of the reasons that we don't understand how grace works in our life is because we're not in that living water. We're not standing in position so that that living water can wash us and refresh us and restore us. And he said, he said, you'll never be thirsty again. So when you're dry, when you're constantly in a state of still looking for your purpose, when depression is always looming, when you've been in the same state for two, three years, it's because you're not, you're not understanding the grace that comes from living water and the enemy will bombard you with sins, bombard you with mass mistakes. He said, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into 
everlasting life, right? Our skin is a tissue. It'll absorb the living water. Spiritually, we talked about that yesterday. Your spirit is like your tissue. Well, when it gets past these mind battles and everything else, it'll begin to absorb what it's supposed to absorb. And then you'll become like living water. If I stay under the water enough, my external skin will begin to absorb. Like it'll become absorbent. My spirit will become absorbent. John 7, 38 says, he that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of water. But your faith, your grace, your ability to stay under the water and staying outside of the water is what's going to fill you up and wet up all your dry places. I don't know if you've never stood under a waterfall before, but when you stand in the right spot under the waterfall, you are saturated, right? Grace saturates you. Grace pulls you into the position for you to receive absolutely everything you need. Um, when the when Jesus was at the well with the woman and she was like, what is this water? I don't ever want to be thirsty again. He was saying to her, if you receive my grace for your life, you will never be thirsty again. You're not going to return to the sin that you've been in for the last. You're not going to keep having these relationships with men that are that you're not married to because once the living water, once you understand grace, once you understand redemption, once you understand reconciliation, once you continue to get renewed in your mind, grace steps in and it begins to separate. My God, it's, it begins to separate you. His abounding love, his supernatural, it begins to separate you from the things that you don't need to. That's why I told you, don't spend so much time on your sin. Spend so much time falling in love and focusing on God. God's grace is sufficient. God's grace is sufficient. But yes, just when I'm out of place, right? When I'm out of place, grace can't move and do the things that it needs to do. I'm not getting wet up, right? I'm not getting cleansed. I'm not being refreshed. I'm not being restored. I'm not being renewed, right? I'm right outside of grace and I'm not receiving the bonus. Well, works will have you right outside of grace. Working on being a Christian instead of in the water, in his presence, receiving his grace by faith, right? Works will have you right outside of grace. Isaiah 44 and three says, for I will pour water upon him that is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed and my blessings upon the offspring. John 7, 7, 37 says, In the last day, the greater day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried and said, If any man is thirsty, let him come unto me and drink. Right? Let him come unto me and drink. Let him receive what he needs from me and nothing else. Jeremiah 2 and 13 says, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed them out of cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. They are drinking of things that cannot hold water. They are not focused on my grace. They have not received my grace by faith. Instead, they are turning to other things to satisfy them, to give them what they need, right? And then they're not flowing with the living waters, right? Revelations 22 and 17 says, and the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him that heareth say, come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Right? This is a faith walk. This is a faith journey. So when I stand and I understand and I accept this is God's grace and that I can't earn this and this is free, then I begin to understand, guess what? 
This is this is it's not the it's not the works that are gonna quench my thirst. It's not going to church. It's not the religious acts that are gonna quench my thirst. It's the waters that's gonna wet me up, right? It's the water that's going to wet me up. It's the water that's going to hydrate me. I'm going to get to drink of this water, right? It's not the all the activities and, oh, I'm running after purpose and I'm fulfilled. And I, no, it's not that. It's the water. It's the water that you drink. It's his grace. And it's free and it's undeserved and, and it's measures. And, and it's not you of yourself. It's a gift. Like it's a gift, it's a gift and it's directly linked to faith. It's directly linked to saying, you know what, God, I'm going to step in this water. I don't understand it all. I don't understand everything you're telling me. I don't understand this faith walk. I don't understand this journey, but I'm tired of standing on the outside being dry, right? Instead of me stepping in the water and receiving from you the living water and what I need so that I can walk in the fullness, right? Can I tell you this? Um, grace or the power to believe and the act of believing are two different things. Without the grace or power to believe, right? Or No man ever did or can believe. But with the power and the act of faith, we move in faith, right? Um, God can't believe for you. Like God can't believe for you. And sometimes we'll pray for things saying, oh, God, help me to believe. God cannot believe for you. God, God cannot can, God cannot believe for you. God can't repent for you. Um, God can't believe for you. You have got to make a decision to stand under the living water and to accept grace so that you can walk in the fullness of what you own. God is giving you grace as a gift. You, you can't change whether or not grace is, grace is always going to be there. You just got to step into it and accept it and say, you know what, God, I'm going to accept that grace is given to me, whether I feel worthy of it or not. And I'm going to step on in this water. And when I step in the water, I'm going to renew my mind in the word so I can understand more and more and more that I need to drink of you, that I need to be submerged of you, that I need to be submerged in this water. My works ain't going to do it. All my activities. That's why some of y'all work so hard at church or work so hard towards purpose or work so hard to do things. But then when you get home at night, you still feel unfulfilled because you're working is not accomplishing what you think it's accomplishing. You haven't received that God's grace or God is enough, right? He's enough for whatever it is you got going on in your life. I hope that makes sense for you, right? Isaiah 12 and three says, therefore with joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. <laughs> shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation, out of just your salvation, right? which comes from grace, you're supposed to be able to draw wells out of that. And if you can't get revelation of this yet, Holy Spirit, show me how grace is the living water. And he'll begin to show you, you're supposed to be drawing wells out of just your salvation. You don't need nothing but your salvation and grace. And out of that, wells are supposed to come. Isaiah 58 and 11, this is the last scripture. And the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought and make fat thy bones. And thou shalt be like a watered garden and like a spring of waters who waters fail not, right? Who waters fail not. And the reason why is by grace. It's grace. You're going to have to, you got to, Lord, I need a revelation of your grace. I need a revelation that I cannot earn this, right? I need a revelation that I've been saved 
through grace. I need to understand your grace is connected to your grace. When I accept salvation and the fact that you freely give this gift of salvation, I do not have to earn it. I do not have to work for it. Then I stand in the constant flow of the living waters. You are constantly washing old mindsets away. You are constantly washing my sins away. You are constantly washing anything away in me that is not aligned with your will. Why? Because I'm under, I'm under grace. I understand that under grace. That doesn't mean I get to sin and act a fool or do whatever, but I understand grace is constantly filling me. I'm being poured into my spirit in living waters. When I'm trying to do it on my own, I ain't wet. 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 Your salvation has enough in it for you to walk into the fullness of what you're supposed to walk to and it's free. You just got to get a mindset. God gave me this gift. Let me step on in the water and get out of the outside of trying to figure this thing out. And let me receive this by faith, right? God's love is a transforming love. And guess what? It meets you exactly where you are. God's love is a transforming love that meets you where you are. You need an understanding of salvation and grace and how it's not to be earned, right? The love of God saves your soul. That saves your soul will also change your life. You just got to position yourself in the water of his grace. You got to, when your mind is telling you and your overthinking is pulling you into your sin state and to be sin conscious, you got to pull yourself back and say, no, Jesus already died for this at the cross and I'm going to have victory over this. I'm going to have victory over this. I'm not going to walk in a life that's condemning, overwhelming, and I'm definitely not going to be tired out and worn out and walk in a life that is performance-based. I'm no longer going to live a performance-based life because most of us have been living like that and it's wearing us out and it's tiring us. And we are caught up in things that we don't even have any business being caught in. So you need the Lord to renew your mind to understand that if I'm in grace, it's going to flow like living waters. And even when I make a mistake, the water is going to wash it and I'm going to be renewed and I don't have to earn this. And this is not performance based. I'm going to stay right here in this grace. That's how the woman at the well got cleansed, restored and made whole. She believed in the Messiah. They were waiting on the Messiah. The, the, the Samaritans believed in the return of the Messiah. It wasn't that she didn't believe in the return of the Messiah. She believed. And if you get into that habit of understanding God's grace takes care of all of that, my God, it'll change absolutely everything. Everything, everything. Yeah, everything, everything. And you'll get out of performance base. And you'll get in the position so that the living water can flow down you and you'll breathe and you'll live better and you won't even be overtaxed and overridden and you'll feel the refreshing that constantly comes from the water, the water, the water refreshes, renews and restores you. And it looks a whole lot different than your performance-based living. I love y'all. I hope that helped you. You may have to go back and watch it. You may have to go back and watch it and take the scriptures that I read and say, oh, I'm understanding this. And where you lack and you don't understand, ask the Holy Spirit to give you revelation. How is grace like living 
How is grace like living water, right? Lord, how is grace? Why am I not drinking of your grace? Why am I not understanding your love? What in my head makes me think I need to have to earn this, right? So if the water is constantly flowing, it's not the works that's the most important part. It's the water that's the most important part. Going to church, serving, all of those things are important right? But it's the work, it's the water, it's that you get connected to the living water that's way more important than you trying to work towards something, right? It's I receive it by faith. (laughs) I receive it by faith. Lord God, I thank you for your word today. I thank you for your people today. I thank you today that we receive and understand your measure of grace for us how you called us out of darkness into our marvelous light so that we could walk into the fullness of who you called us to be. Lord God, let us not stand on the outside any longer. Let us walk into the water. Let's walk into the waterfall and be refreshed in your word. Our salvation should bring up wells for us. Just the fact that we've accepted Jesus Christ and the Lord as Lord and Savior should spring up wells in our life, Lord God. So teach us how to receive that by faith, Lord God, so that we don't walk in drought, so we don't walk in darkness, so we're properly hydrated, Lord God. I thank you, Father God, for grace, grace that saves, grace that empowers us, grace that changes us. And I thank you, Lord God, that you meet us exactly where we are. That you will meet us right where we are and grow us in grace, Father God. I thank you for your love for your people today. If there is anyone that has not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, guess what? I want you to so that you can get this grace. So you can get this grace that will refresh you, so that you can get this grace that will restore you, so that you can get this grace that will meet you. Most of us have been so performance-based, we've been missing the opportunity and chance to live, to love, and to walk into the fullness of God's grace. And I want to extend that to you today so that you don't sleep on what God is trying to do for you. You ain't got to be in no drought. You ain't got to be dreary. You ain't got to be overwhelmed. You ain't got to be consumed. You ain't got to be so sin-driven. Right. And so from performance based that you miss the freedom that comes from grace, that you miss the opportunity to drink the living water because you're standing just there on the outside. I love you all so much. But more than anything, God loves you. God loves you. God loves you so much. God believes in you. God is looking for you. He has not forgotten about you. No sin, no sin that you've done will keep God from loving you. You know, no, nothing that you've done. No, I don't care what it is. If the enemy keeps telling you and you believe that your sin is going to keep you from fulfilling your purpose and fulfilling your life, guess what? <laughs> guess what? You position yourself and say, no, God freely gave me grace through Christ Jesus. And I'm not going to focus so much on religion and the church What I need to focus on is the water that comes from it. I need to connect to the living water so that God can show, show himself strong in my life. I love y'all so much, but more than anything, God loves you. Do me a favor. Go be loved today. Go be loved today. Go sit in his grace today. Let someone else experience the love of God through you. I'll see you back here in the morning at 5 a.m. Hey, don't forget Pampers, Wipes, and uh, feminine hygiene products. Some of y'all been sending them in. I thank you. Remember January and February, we're collecting those. That's our, that's what we're giving to the poor this month. I need you to send them in. Send me some money. Let's get it done. I want to stack up the Salvation Army. I want to get Drew Project's 
plenty of feminine hygiene kits so they can get it throughout the world. Let's get it in. Let's make some moves. It's kingdom, baby. I'll see y'all back here in the morning at 5 a.m. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. If you would like more information about LMJ Ministries, log on to LakeishaMJohnson.com today.